Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I get to speak with Hussein Al-Mutawakkali. He's passionate about people, technology, and the relationships between them. He's a project manager at Sahuri.com. And I met him, at a couple, I think about a year ago, at a LinkedIn local here in Northern Virginia. We hit it off, and we've been connecting since then. He is into all things digital marketing. He's building brands, storytelling. So... We had a lot of things that are going for us, you know, being in the same type of stuff that we're creating. So I was like, hey, dude, it's been a while since we talked. Let's bring you on the, the podcast. You know, interviewed over 100 people. And it's been really exciting because building these connections, building these relationships is what make what's human. It's what human beings being all about. So thank you, Hussein, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're uh, welcome, man. Thank you. It's a, it's, it's a pleasure. And uh, when I first saw you at, uh, at LinkedIn Local last year in Reston, uh, I saw you with the, I think you had a phone gimbal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm saying, wow, this guy is, seems pretty interesting. You asked a question about you. You asked a question and then you had to introduce yourself and you were, you basically introduced yourself as a UX expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of something that you're interested in. So I've, I've always loved UX, just the idea of it, and I've always wanted to kind of pick your brain on it. But uh, I guess today we're going to talk about a lot of random things, hacks and hobbies. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. So that's, thank you for having me on, man. Absolutely, man. The possibilities are amazingly endless. Um, I just had a conversation earlier uh, with uh, Dr. AJ, and we talked about so many cool things that I'm just still like coming off of that high. It's it's just amazing the level of depth and he's out in Malaysia. So it's like 11, it was 11 PM for him. And um, we talked about some really cool stuff and, you know, we, we went into, you know, as human beings, we all come from our own journey and we all make our, make our own, stories and and live by our, our own standards and you know it's it's been it's really exciting and what we make out of it at the end of it because we all almost get a similar start when we come into into the world but then our influences our parents and uh these places that we live in the experiences we have from the culture makes us into a person that is you know is here and today and and what we do with that is just it's just so amazing so what i really like to ask you know how did you get to this point being a project manager at this Mm. company right so what inspired you to get to this point and what kind of hurdles you had to go through you know to get to this point um thank you for that question Uh, i love this question because uh, I'm a nostalgic person, so mm-hmm. thinking from the start, you know, I, I'm a local kid. I went to George Mason. I studied communications. I graduated. I was looking for internships, you know, 
basic thing. One of my buddies told me that there was an internship in Tyson's and I live pretty nearby. So I said, let's do it. Um, I got in and I came into an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an insurance company and every type, most insurance employees in all departments, regardless of what they're doing, creatives or non-creatives, mm-hmm. they're always telling you the same thing. I never planned on being in this industry. <laughs> One of the few professions that lacks an actual degree. So the barrier of entry is actually super low. But for me, when I came in, I definitely came in from a, a communication standpoint. I wanted to build that experience and came into a really interesting company. You, you know, you think of an insurance agent and I've been in an insurance agent's office before, but mm-hmm. you have a certain stereotype. You know, when someone tells you you're about to meet a doctor, you have a kind of an idea of what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. I had an idea, but I was, as uh, soon as that, you know, that, that, that sound in the elevator. Yeah. Like, as soon as that happened, everything changed. It's like my life changed at that moment. I, I walked into the office. And, you know, you got glass doors, sliding doors, TVs on the wall, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, "Why am? What, what is this? <laughs> What's going on right now?" Yeah. Uh, I had a mini existential crisis at that moment, and uh, I felt, you know, immediately felt inferior. You know, this kid with only three months worth of internship experience walking mm-hmm. into this, what seemed like fortune 500 company, um, everybody wearing suits and it, it seemed, it seemed really, it was intimidating, but that moment, that, that, that ice was broken so quickly because the guy that was going to interview me basically told me, he's like, Hey, can you help me move this, uh, move this desk into our office? I'm saying, wait a minute, what's going on? I thought <laughs> you guys had everything figured out. You had the glass sliding door, man. Yeah. And uh, uh, basically, yeah, I did. I helped my hiring manager kind of carry the desk into the marketing office. And that's where he told me that this was a brand new department and that before him, there wasn't much mm-hmm. in terms of marketing. The company is about 50 years old now. It was about 45 years old at the time. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know, they kind of got around with the referrals and handshakes and it worked really well for them. Um, so what really made me fall in love with, with this company is just the opportunity to build something scratch build a brand from scratch so i worked with that creative director and a graphic designer we were the marketing team i was content she was design he was um everything and uh, we built this brand man we redid everything from the slogan to the to the logo itself to a style guide to the website to all of our collateral um and then uh, after that it's just been growth year after year and um, i'm growing with a company at that yeah. that time, that day we were 20 employees. Today we're about 50 plus. Yeah. So, and and the difference for all business majors out there, I mean, the business between a 20 uh, person company and a 50 person company is massive. Everything changes at that point from onboarding new employees to um, training employees to using data to marketing to everything. And mm-hmm. so, kind of going through that 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 shift from small mom and pop to global mid-market broker uh, was exciting, but building that brand is really what, um, what what kept me around. And there's been a lot of challenges, Um, but um, what really got me to the point of pride, like focusing on project management is those challenges because you're always going to have a challenge. You're always going to be tested. No plan is going to go according to plan. But yeah. it's about how your strategy and how um, the initial plan was set up, the foundation of your planning, mm-hmm. that's your, your safety net. That's kind of what helps you maneuver a, 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 a project heading towards failure 
to success. And it's really just about mindset and it's about managing resources. And once I started to kind of get the idea of, you know, what is management? What is project management? Yeah. You really realize that you can, as long as you have the skills and the mindset, you can apply it anywhere. And so being a marketing project manager is really just, it's been a blessing, man. It's been kind of the combination of all things that I love. And, uh, yeah, I'm so excited for 2020. You have no idea. Nice. Nice. That is awesome, dude. Um, wow. So, so you started as an intern here mm-hmm. and then you moved up the ranks and, and became the marketing, yeah. um, manager, manager. managing the yeah. entire company and then how they do. And when you say, you know, there's a big difference between 20 person employee and a 50%. Absolutely. You're twice the size now. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you have to carry that many more, more people. You have that many more email addresses and that many more, um, birthdays <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's crazy and it's, it's pretty amazing because, because as you grow into the smaller, you know, this company as it grows together, they come together. And uh, I've had that experience, uh, in my life where, you know, I joined this company and there were, there were, there were a hundred people employee company here. And within the two years, they went from 100 people to about 450 people. And it wow. was massive growth there. And it was just amazing the the way things worked. And they were primarily a technology company. So they were, they were focusing on technology. They were focusing on helping small businesses and local businesses. So it was really, really exciting to see that change come in. And, and, and then you also see how leadership affects the entire company and the culture of the company, because sure they say leader, you know, a culture of a company has to be cultivated. And the only way that happens, if you have the correct, the correct leaders with open minds in place, because unless you have that, you, you're going to have a culture that, doesn't grow that, you know, you have a lot of churn, you're bringing in people and the people are just leaving because, you know, they, they don't feel like they're home and, and it looks like, you know, what you guys did there has really, you know, brought in even it's more. all people. about culture. Right. It, regardless of the type of business, it's all about culture. I mean, I'm going to go back to the Redskins. Mm-hmm. The issue with that football team is not talent. It's not mm-hmm. location not money it's the culture it's the Mm -hmm. freaking culture and it shows in every part of your business yeah culture is so important because culture dictates how people feel when they roll out of bed in the morning when they first take that first seat on their desk are they gonna waste time or are they are they impassioned and empowered to move their organization forward and wow i mean culture is uh is 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 a really critical thing and you're right it's off from the top down man absolutely so what's funny you know we're talking about culture and companies and gary vaynerchuk we Mm. we all love and follow he recently put out this little nine pager pdf on linkedin and it says if you think of business like a computer culture is the operating system (laughs) there you go Right. It's the operating yeah. system. 
yeah. that your computer, your company runs on. 100%. Right? And then he said, if you look at some other things, like everything else is just an application, financial, yeah. strategy, creative. They're just applications. It's a really interesting way to put it. Right? He's like, what? He's like, finance is an app. You know, same for creative. That's also an application and, and strategy. And, um, but culture is the operating system. Absolutely. So he says, you know, tag a person who lights up your office, of course. And then, you know, so that's a little PDF that he had, he was sharing. And it just raises that question. You know, you've got to have that, have that culture in place. And if it's not in place, then you get the, the entire company involved in creating the culture that everybody wants to be part of. And that's something that we as a company decided to do this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think Sahori for the people that know us, they immediately say culture. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. They immediately say culture. They say, you know, tech. They say family owned, you know, everybody's got their back. Mm-hmm. But we never defined the culture as an organization. We never defined it. It kind of just happened. Yeah. By nature, if you're a good family and you own a business, those morals will trickle down. Yeah. But until you define your culture as an organization, you get together and say, this is who we want to be. Yeah. That's when, you know, the law of attraction kind of takes care of itself. I think really you have to speak things into existence, especially today, because we're all silently mimicking something that we saw or someone that we want to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's really beautiful. Um, thanks man yeah man dude absolutely because (laughs) you know it's it's these small stories you know everybody's like oh I want to be like Gary Vee oh I want to be like Tony Robbins like sure you can be but are you really serving the audience I mean what what are you really bringing as a value Value. to your audience all you really need is 1000 super fans like literally that can get you going for the rest of your life if you just have 1,000 employees, I mean, sorry, if you just have 1,000 customers, that is all you will ever need to keep going on to eternity. Engaged customers. Yes, engaged yeah. customers, super fans, because, and it's not that the customers are going to engage with you all the time. You have to initiate initiate those engagements. I'm part of this um, Champions Facebook group, and every single day, the, the admin of this group, he's asking questions. So now people jump in and start answering these questions. So you've got to have, and, and he's like, you know, post down here, whoever, whoever else has a Facebook group, post down here and what it's about. And I'm like, you know what? I have a couple of groups that I have a few people in, but I'm working on the content. And he's like, you know, content is easy. Give them what they want. Just give it out there. And I keep going into that thinking mode, like, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? So it's taken me some time to figure out, okay, what, where can I help people? How can I help people? And, and this is a recent revelation for myself that I that mentioned earlier is um, to some of my other guests is that, you know, somebody asked me, you know, who's your audience? And I've, I've seen that question asked a million times, right? And I just never did the homework to figure out who my audience is, do the research. And then eventually, based on what I've been doing, 
and what I've been discovering, I was like, you know what? I am my own audience. I mm-hmm. want to create a course. I want to create a solution. I want to create value for myself in a way that it's going to help me get to that next level. Right. And so I'm learning from, you know, all these big guys, Pat Flynn, Gary V, um, Greg Roulette, and um, all these people are providing, you know, they're building content They're They've got amazing strategies. And so that's what I've been focusing on myself. And I was like, you know what, if I'm, if I'm creating content, it's because I want to get to that next level. And I'm going to share all of these valuable stuff that I've learned to anybody who's interested in learning because we learn from each other. And if like, for example, you, you've gone through a journey of figuring things out as you're building out your marketing department, as you're building out the culture, right? So you've gone through many things and you're, you're going out and reading articles and stuff like that. And then you eventually implement all of these things that you learn. That learning moment is what people want to hear about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, application is so hard because, you know, we're learning from these from these influencers and then we just want to apply everything that sounds good. I remember the last HubSpot conference that I went to, mm-hmm. I came out um, with, with this notebook, this notebook right here, yeah. Um uh, I thought I had it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, I went to our CEO and I said, we need this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Not all the work. But half of it did. Um, like, for example, I said, we need a data specialist and we need yeah. customer success. Yeah. And we got both. Data mm-hmm. specialists did not work out. Customer success has been a home run. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it's all about courage, too, to kind of apply what you learn. I know. Before the courage, there's this intellect that, okay, this is applicable in my field. Mm-hmm. for my audience this is value for my audience yeah. and then it's really having the courage to pitch it because by the time you get home you're starting to doubt yourself mm-hmm. you're starting to say hmm imposter syndrome what's going on mm-hmm. but sometimes it's those gut feelings that just come unchecked that are really those are the big moments the transcendent yeah. moments in your life and i feel like people should just be a little bit more confident in themselves and then a courageous application. It, I mean, that's what these guys did. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Gary V, what was he doing? He, he built a site for his dad's liquor store in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Email. He was sending random emails. I mean, he did it over and over and over again. Yep. Science. He saw what worked. Mm-hmm. He found what worked and he doubled down. He did it. Yeah. He didn't care about the, the, the risks involved. He just mm-hmm. he went all in and I mean, Jackie Chan was the same, man. Jackie yeah. Chan was doing his thing for 40 years and oh did one break. Yeah. And he finally blew up at like mid-40s. That's right. So, I mean, really, it's man, it's all about, about it's mindset. About, it's all about mindset. It's all about keep doing it, you know. When you mentioned this in parts, imposter syndrome, and, yeah. and um, you know, we, we talk about that terminology so much. And uh, I listened to this podcast by Jonathan Stark and uh Rachel Moulton and Rochelle Moulton and uh, it's called the business of authority, right? So uh, they've got like over a hundred episodes now on their hundredth episode. They invited Seth Godin to talk to, but anyways, 
um, their latest episode or the one before this, the latest one was about imposter syndrome. And he's like, anytime you have imposter syndrome, you should think that you are in the right path because that is a check for you that you're going to do something uncomfortable, but that's going to work out for you. Yeah. It's like, it's really like he, they're like, you know, we've had, like, they had imposter syndrome when he, they were trying to do, like, for example, Seth Godin has the marketing, the marketing uh, program. His marketing program is friggin' amazing. So, so Jonathan Stark had taken his course and he's like, I'm going to do the same thing and I'm going to call in the pricing seminar. So the marketing seminar, so he, he created, so he's like, I'm going to copy it off of, you know, what I learned here. And I create my own valuable. But then he's like, right when he was going to launch it, he was getting imposter syndrome. So he's like, it's very rare to get this imposter syndrome because once you've gone over that hump, you'd be like, oh, wow, this is something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. For example, I am stuck in this um, imposter syndrome right now where I'm afraid to send out an email to my audience. I'm afraid to send out an email to my list of, and these are guests that I've talked to on the episodes, right? And I'm yeah. afraid to send an email out to them like, hey, I have a new episode dropping today. Go check it out. Like, I'm afraid because I'm like, I don't know what they're going to say. And then I keep like doubting myself and I'm like, no, I have to like just do it. If people don't like it. They can un- unsubscribe. That's why there's an unsubscribe right. button. But I just, I've just been so scared to do it myself. Like, no, I, I just wait another week. Oh, I just so right. So it's it's that like hearing from other people, like what they feel imposter syndrome is and how to get over it, is super helpful. Yeah, when I discovered that it was a thing, that really helped me. Yeah, in my mindset to realize this is something that everybody goes through. And um, sometimes the more you plan, the more you get it because you start to think of all of the stages and all of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, and it's very, very hard when you're in creative. So you're probably thinking of a million things. You're not just thinking of the header of the episode or of the post. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of the layout, the design, uh, what was said, the time you're sending it. There's so many variables that uh, us as creatives had to deal with Yeah. that I think sometimes you just got to trust the science, you know, okay, hey, when is the best time? Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, does the design pass my eye test and someone else's eye test that yeah. I trust? Am I really delivering value in the content? And mm-hmm. You have a checklist, like an anti-imposter syndrome checklist, <laughs> you know, a kind of check. If, if all boxes are checked, you are officially in the syndrome and that is your cue to send the message and now worry about anything else. But if you know, you didn't check the design, if you didn't proofread the post, yeah. checking those boxes, then you know that, you know, you're probably not ready to send it. But uh, I, I know what you mean, man. Uh, I mean, exactly. Yeah. We have to get um, over it. Exactly. So we do. And um, so there was another guest I spoke with, Jordan Gross, and he's launched something called the Cloud9 movement and i get these emails tuesdays and thursdays so i was like you know i'm going to reply to him and, and like dude how do you get yourself to do this he's like well you just go to mailchimp and you create a new email and you just send it <laughs> like, some people don't think i know 
But and I, you know, I envy that. I envy yeah. That. I really do. Yeah, and and he, I mean, he's a coach himself, so I'm sure he's had to go over that imposter syndrome himself, right? So it's just amazing. Uh, uh, and I just looked up, you know, when you talk about, you know, the anti-imposter syndrome checklist, I was like, let's see if somebody's got a oh, wow. done, right? Like, here's the things that you need to check off. To oh, there's sure. a checklist. No, there isn't. Okay. But so, so that's something that, you know, that we can create. <laughs> There you go. I but bet you are. people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. How do I fix my imposter there's, syndrome? There's an there's a website called impostorsyndrome.com. Oh wow. Right? So <laughs> And I bet you the yeah. guy who created it or the woman who created it, they were they had imposter syndrome. Yeah. They decided to create a resource for other people to help. Yeah. And and, and just watching like watching Gary Vee and watching these people do the things, like uh, I'm following him on um Facebook. So every once in a while, I'll go and watch his videos. And one of the videos, he's like, you know, people always ask me, what should we do? And he's like, do what I'm doing. Don't listen to what I'm saying. It's like anytime I put out content, like he just came out with a content called how to create 64 pieces of content from, you know, in a day and why you should be posting you this many number of content. And he's like, that is a result of me testing stuff out for 90 to 100 days before I put out this information. Oh, wow. So he's like, I stopped putting hashtags in Instagram. Like, You don't need hashtags anymore because content, like the system is self-aware of what these words are. Like hashtag was Twitter way, Twitter's way of connecting links together because they didn't have the smarts. Like the systems weren't smart enough to fetch the words out they didn't have google so what if you have no words what if you're posting like a picture without a caption then that's a picture without a caption you're you're only gonna get it in front of people who are following you i'm guessing right because the entire idea of putting content behind the picture in instagram specifically there you go and the um and the content so the 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 word the the copy that you're attaching is so it gets in front of a lot more people when they're searching words. Yeah. Because if you're posting just pictures, you're probably not really doing any digital marketing per se. Right. You're not doing digital marketing. Pictures. Yeah. You're just posting picture that Instagram was intended. I mean, that type of Instagram was intended 10 years ago. Right. It's changed massively. Absolutely. So it, it's there's there's so many things that we could be doing that we don't do. And that's that's the thing. Like any data is good data. Bad data is good data because now you know what's not working. There good data go. is good data because you it, like the one thing that I hear is like people like, oh I wanna I wanna write a book and I want to send a hundred million copies, blah blah blah. But if you don't have a draft of that book well, you're never going to get it done. So you got to get stuff done to get to that next level. And, you know, seeing your uh, trajectory over at the company, so, or, you know, you, you you went from being an intern to being a marketing manager, right? So you kept doing the stuff. You kept getting results. You kept doing the right stuff. You kept, you know, even if you did the wrong stuff, well, you've learned something. You've learned Absolutely. a new experience, right? So there's, Absolutely. there's no wrong. I mean, I guess the the worst mistake people can make is not by not doing anything. 
that is not, yeah, and not learning from your mistakes. You're not learning, exactly. There was this event that I was a part of, basically this big uh, association of companies. Let's say they were companies, mm-hmm. and every company was a prospect of ours. Mm-hmm. So we were a sponsor. We had a table, and then we realized that the registration lines were too long. So we said, what if we propose to the board of this association that next year we sponsor, but instead of doing a table, we actually take care of the registration on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Move you from paper registration for a 500-person event yeah. to digital registration and improve the experience for your attendees. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and they loved it. Yeah. So the next year, we did exactly that. We uh, we contracted CVent. We we used their software for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And then on the night of the event, one year later, the software just crashed. Mm. And you had names and table assignments and everything. And it just crashed. Yeah. This is after a 40-hour shift mm-hmm. of, of, of planning with the board, you know. And so uh, we survived. But the following year, we said, we're going to do the same exact thing but we're not touching the software we're not touching the hardware we're bringing people on that from the outside we're contracting an agency to use the software mm-hmm. um, because you know we didn't have a plan b we've never been in that situation before we've never used that software before so right. if anything were to go wrong we kind of have to take it face first and yeah. uh so the next year we we did the same thing we just changed a very small part of the plan mm-hmm. delegated you know, yeah. we identified our weak spot and it's not, it doesn't hurt to be, to, to lack experience in an no, not at or all or another. And it hurts to feel like you can do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we tried to do because we didn't know better. Yeah. We still made it work. But the, the next year, we probably saved over 100 hours, mm-hmm. at least 80 hours of labor. Yeah. Of internal labor. I mean, you multiply that by hourly rates plus the tax markup, plus mm-hmm. benefits markup. And we're talking about a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, totally so get it. You're absolutely right. Learning from your mistakes is huge. Yeah. And it's not it's not a bad thing to make a mistake. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody you, makes You have mistakes. to make mistakes to get to that next level. And, and uh, I've made a ton of mistakes, and I've learned from those mistakes. And I'm like, you know what? Next time around, I'm going to hire somebody else to do this. There you go. And next time around, insurance policy for mistakes. Right, exactly. There's an insurance policy for employee mistakes, and then there's an insurance policy for like executive mistakes. Yeah. There's separate policies, and it shows you that companies plan for mistakes to happen. And so everybody makes makes mistakes. You can't, um, you know, give up because you've made one. I mean, we have too many perfectionists in the peace society out there. Fantastic. Sure. Well, that was a really cool conversation. I do have a few questions that I ask my guests. Sure. So let's jump into that. But yeah, uh, this you is know, the fun part, huh? Yes, yeah, fun part. Well, the the whole thing is a fun, right? Um, it's it's really important to learn from your mistakes. Um, I just wanted to do a little recap. Learn from yeah. mistakes. Um, you know, believe you in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Learn from your mistakes. Um, delegate, um, uh, and, and, uh, when you have a gut feeling, 
and you trust that gut feeling, usually go for it. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Don't wait to get home uh, to think about it more. I mean, imposter syndrome is real. It affects people in all parts of the organization. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, believe in yourself, man. I mean, if more people believed in themselves, especially in, crea- in the creative space, especially in this area in Northern Virginia, where there is a shortage of creative talent, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we'd just have a lot more podcast episodes to shoot. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Free diving. Free diving. Most people don't know what free diving is. Uh, free diving is basically scuba diving without the gear. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and and it basically like came up because people were struggling. I mean, really, uh, the really hardcore enthusiasts were struggling with um, diving with massive creatures or even small mm-hmm. creatures. And we're talking about whales. We're talking about dolphins, great mm-hmm. white sharks. Uh, because the, the scuba tanks, first of all, they make you immobile. Second of all, they're loud. Third of all, they create bubbles, which are foreign to these animals. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and sometimes the slightest mistake can cost you the difference between being a hundred yards apart or being face to face. Wow. So free diving allows you to kind of approach animals in what seems to be a natural state, which lets you get up close and personal mm-hmm. and also get excellent footage, mm-hmm. um, with GoPros. So how do you, how do you breathe when you do free diving? Gotta practice, Junaid. You gotta practice. <laughs> you seriously have to. Also, oh, you so you actually holding yeah. your breath, going down, yeah. spending like three minutes, and then coming back up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Pretty cool. Wow. We're gonna get there. I'm gonna go to Guadalupe or French Polynesia one day. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's cool. awesome. <laughs> cool, man. All right. So, what is your favorite movie or TV show? It's really hard. That's really, really hard. I have no idea. At this point, I can't even remember. Um, but I'm just going to pull from recent memory here for yeah. the sake of time. I'm going to go TV show because I, I always prefer TV shows over movies. I love mm-hmm. character development. Yeah. I love kind of um, – I like to – this is going to sound shallow, but I like to learn from everything that I consume. Mm-hmm. And I am more likely to learn from a TV show than I am from a movie because character development alone kind of gives you different perspectives yeah. to human beings because at the end of the day – not people just acting it's a director and it's screenwriters and it's producers all coming together to create something and so yeah. there's always hidden gems in there you know i love silver lining so i'm definitely going to go with vikings um it's actually from the history channel so it's backing mm-hmm. up this whole nerdy approach that i'm leading with yeah uh <laughs> vikings is basically it's um semi non it's fiction non-fiction it's a little bit of both but it's about ragnar lothbrook he is basically the Viking that began the successful conquests that opened up uh, European invasions. Wow. They basically expanded Germanica into all mm-hmm. of Europe. And so you think of um, the Swedes, not the Swedes, but I mean, it's the, the Danish countries today, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, all these countries. Um, and so that it's a, it's a fictional, non-fictional story with some mm-hmm. dramatization, of course, about right. Ragnar Lothbrok. Uh and it's about five seasons, six seasons. For me, it was uh, this is Game of Thrones, and this is Vikings right here. So if you're watching, right next to wow. you like cool. Game of Thrones, you'll love Vikings. Okay, awesome. Now this question is um, came from the book um, Ready Player One. Okay. By uh, 
I, I, I remember his name sometimes. I forget him. But anyways, uh, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm going to go really interesting here. I'm going to give you a curveball. I would be Richard Parker. Does that name ring a bell? I'm trying to make it ring my, some bells, but I can't. Tell me. Yeah, it's going to ring all the wrong ones because it's a curveball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Life of Pi? Oh, yes. Did you watch that movie? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I would be the freaking tiger from Life of Pi. That's right. His name is Richard Parker. <laughs> yeah. Does that count? Can it I does, use of it? course. There Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite animals. I'd, I'd be Richard Parker, the tiger, the Bengal nice. tiger. The Bengal tiger. That's who survived in a, on a sea voyage. Yeah. 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 That was a really cool movie. <laughs> it was. Um, all right. Next one. Who is your favorite superhero? Shoots. I've never had an answer for this one. No. I've actually never had an answer, but uh, for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to take one. It's, def it's definitely going to be Superman because, you know, I have these curls sometimes. You've got the curls. <laughs> I've got the curls, and sometimes it comes right smack in the middle. So, yeah. You've uh, got the glasses, worked. you know. I got the glasses. <laughs> yeah, these are actually because uh, I knew you were going to ask this question, so I had to pull them out. And you know, you already know it's, it's here. I just can't show you. Exactly. I open it up. And <laughs> <laughs> nice i like that answer dude yeah thanks. Uh, for the longest time i've had the username you know we call them username or screen names when uh, aol was around um super janade super janade yeah so if you check out super com, i've had that for over over like 15 20 years um okay. i used to write on there but every once in a while i'll go and post an article <laughs> i did check out your blog by the way no yeah. i did yeah. Um, they were very um, uh, succinct and very compact posts, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty. Uh, I didn't I didn't go too deep. They're like really short ones, but it sounded like the blog. We have a blog, sohoy.com slash blog, um, and we have a brand called Insurance uh, in sixty seconds. It's basically mm -hmm. our content engine. And when I was reading your blog, I'm like, this is kind of what our blog was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Ours are definitely not 60 seconds long. Yeah. Not 60 second reads. No, sir. All right. Well, we'll get there someday. Did you know oh, yeah. that Godin writes every single day for the, for the past 50 plus years? And he publishes it? He publishes blog posts every single day. That's impressive i want to know where in his daily routine does it fall in the morning that it's in the morning it's in the morning you wake up in the morning you write interesting yeah every morning huh. i have a reminder on my phone to write every single day and i ignore it <laughs> it's not easy it's not, it's not easy. easy you've got to get into the habit you so got much energy from mm -hmm. you you know um but that's the thing. It shouldn't be so much energetic because all you do, like, think of. I'll Eng tell you what it is. Single English, English composition. Stop writing class. with pens. Yes, you got exactly you where you were going with it. Because if I'm writing in my journal with a pen, I'm not stopping and thinking and looking right. up sources. I'm doing exactly what you just said. I'm just writing. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm curious to know how he writes. He's well, just on the keyboard. Well, um. Think of, think about 
the English composition class, right? The first yeah. class that you take. And they make you do journaling. Yeah. And free writing. Yep. Essentially, all you're doing is just, you're letting your mind open the gates and just write and write and write without thinking. And that's what he's essentially doing. Because I think what happens, what ha- the, the, the type of life that we're living now with, with devices and technology is that we just don't have that time dedicate to dedicate to writing like we're constantly being interrupted so giving that time back like get taking that time back it's really and like important. you know this one hour i'm just gonna think i'm just gonna write i'm just gonna let it all out and what that does it, it enables your mind to open up and do the actual processing that it's meant to do instead of being a right. store for all the right that's a really good point have you heard of sensory deprivation therapy I've heard of it. I've you have? It. Floating? I have. I have heard. I mean, I don't know which one different are. I mean, I remember they they showed it in uh, I Love Huckabee's movie. They put you in a basically in a container mm-hmm. with water and 900 pounds of Epsom salt. Yeah. It's pitch dark and you can't hear anything. So you just... And you freaking just float. And the idea is... Exactly what you said is we're so distracted. We're constantly consuming information, whether we like it or not. Even if you're mm-hmm. driving by, you see a shopping center, you're looking mm-hmm. to the right-hand side, you're consuming ads and yes. information always. And then physically, physically, we're constantly, you know, the gravity is a thing. It exists. Mm-hmm. So it's pulling us down and our body is constantly giving into gravity every minute of our lives. Yeah. Um, so when you're in that tank, your body does zero work. And your mind does zero work in terms of processing information. And all you do is just float in space. Mm-hmm. And at that point, your the water is 90 degrees mm-hmm. or it's, it's exactly the it's temperature like of your body. Yeah. So you can't even feel the water. So now <laughs> you're like in what like nowhere. <laughs> and you're, what that does is it gives your brain the ability to just, I don't even know what the word is. It's not yeah. fake not process it's just to be mm-hmm. and that's where you start to learn a little bit more about yourself that's when the good thoughts the bad thoughts the crazy thoughts start to come in and mm-hmm. uh, you're just supposed to let them come and leave yeah uh people do it for physical therapy people do it for mental therapy people do it for creative uh therapy some people do it just to recover from an injury Is it's really Anything local around here? Yes, there is actually. <laughs> we should do it together. I yeah, dude. Not, I wouldn't do it and I'd do it again. But if I yeah. for someone, I'll do it. It's actually in in Loudon somewhere in, in Ashburn. Okay, um, that's but, close to uh, me. Yeah. Yeah, it's Sounds really good, interesting. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Risk. Nice. Have you played Risk? I have played Risk. Back yeah, in the day. man, that's the game. game. Yeah. We had, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just they divide and conquer, but we again we live in a very PC society. <laughs> that could be tied to a lot of different things, but it could be, yeah. In exactly. Risk, we divide and we conquer. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that's, that's I love game. that game. It's such a great game. I have it on my phone actually. No way. That's cool. Yeah, the phone app. Yeah, it's definitely Risk. I don't know why okay. I'd be Risk. Because <laughs> we all have to take more risks. You gotta take more risks. Absolutely. Step out of our comfort zone and grow Absolutely. your mind. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, Absolutely. I know we can all reach you on 
sahui.com and your LinkedIn profile. I think that's going to be uh, added to the show notes. Is there any yeah. other recommend? Chance, chanceconsulting.com. Okay. Yeah. So the freelance uh, freelance site. Uh, the forwarding domain right now is kind of interesting, but uh, that is uh, the indefinite place to be. All right. Sweet. Well, yes, thank sir. you so much uh, for thank your time. You, it was really, really awesome and really enlightening because, you know, the more conversations we have as human beings, because, you know, when we hang out, we you, we, we try to make small talk and whatnot, but it's it's when we really sit down and think deep about what we do as human beings in this world is when we really get that, you know, that deep connection between absolutely yeah, absolutely so. and we we lack a lot of that today yeah we really do so thank you man thank you Janine. it was a pleasure you pleasure. too brother have a good see you Bye. see you congratulations you made it to the end of the episode thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 